1: What is up everybody? Welcome to another edition of Inside Boxing Live. I am your host Dan Canobio. Thank you so much for joining us here for the next 30 minutes and we have a different type of show planned for you today. Joining us on the program Yahoo Sports Kevin Ioli. He recently wrote a column uh, about the demise or, or the downfall of of boxing and what is contributing uh, to that and elicited a lot of responses. So I had Kevin on and we kind of had a little bit of a debate from a younger perspective to uh, what he has experienced over the last uh, 30 plus years covering the sport. If you're watching us over on YouTube at TV, thank you very much. You can also catch us on Apple Podcasts by simply searching Inside Boxing Live. And every single Friday night, you can catch this show on the Fubo Sports Network, 7.30 p.m. ET 7 o'clock, I'm sorry, 7 o'clock, ET, calm down, Nick, over on the Fubo Sports Network. A lot of fights this weekend. Uh, I'm going to get to Anthony Joshua and Kubrat Pulev first on the other side of, of, of Ioli. We will talk about the other fights this week, but I want to talk about Anthony Joshua. Which Anthony Joshua will show up versus uh, Kubrat Pulev? I thought that the version of Anthony Joshua we saw in the Ruiz rematch was fighting to survive rather than to win. To me, you can't win in the heavyweight division with that type of approach. What has happened to the seek-and-destroy, the aggressive Anthony Joshua? In his 11 fights before Klitschko, he was throwing power shots 57% of the time. Now, fast forward to today, it's completely switched. He's throwing jabs 63% of the time. Anthony Joshua, the heavyweight champion of the world, 63% of his punch output are jabs. I don't think you can win in the division that way. I understand jabs are, are the most important punch in boxing, but in the heavyweight division, and if you're worried about your chin, like Anthony Joshua seems to be worried with, maybe you should go out there and seek and destroy before your opponent does. There isn't a lot of buzz around this fight. There isn't a lot of buzz around Anthony Joshua that can all change on Saturday with an emphatic KO that I think he needs heading into 2021 and those fights uh, with Tyson Fury. On the other side of things, we're going to talk to Yahoo Sports Kevin Ioli about the health, or lack thereof, of boxing. Our next interview is brought to you by Bully Crew CBD, five-star rated. It comes in oils, it comes in creams, it comes in gummies. I use them before and after I work out. It's perfect for the active person. Uh, You can take it as a gummy. Uh, Don't drink the cream, whatever you do. Put the cream uh, on you. uh, You can take it in an oil form. It's great. I love CBD and I love Bully Crew. Type in IBL for 20% off. It's Bully Crew CBD. All right, let's bring in our guest this week. You know him as the combat sports writer for Yahoo Sports. Kevin Ioli covers both MMA and boxing. And uh, this is going to be a little non-traditional, Kev. Uh, not the, the normal interviews I usually do. I want to have more of a, of a debate because you wrote an article uh, or a column last week uh, titled Errol Spence, Terence Crawford, joint cast of thousands, contributing to boxing's fall from grace. Now, there was some things in that story that I agree with. There were a lot of things that I disagree with. First off... How you doing? How's the golf game? Before we get into our our sparring match,
0: I'm a little worried here, but uh, you know no, I'm doing great, and uh, you know golfing is doing well. Um, loving the fact that it's a mild winter, so you can play all the way throughout. And you know what? I wanted to bring up some points in that column that make people think. Uh, I love. I know you know this. Uh, I've I've loved boxing all my life, and I. I fear for what's going on, and I want to see uh, some positive change happen. And so, you know, that that's why I wrote what I did.
1: Yeah, the, the, the first thing I want to get to is just, like, the timing of it. You know, um, it came off the heels of the Spence-Garcia fight. And what what was it exactly that kind of triggered you to write this story? I saw that it was sent out, you know, pretty much uh, maybe an hour or two after the, yeah, the fight had ended. Oh. Post-Fight uh, on yeah. So with- what exactly triggered it for you?
0: Yeah, what happened was, you know, l- l- let's go – you know, into the broadcast and they they're ignoring Crawford. And, you know, a lot of people are defending that. And I they're like they're going, well, why should Heyman give Aaron airtime? It's making the sport better. Like in other words, all these promoters, all they care about is their own little fiefdoms, and their all their own little fiefdoms are all small and insignificant. Build the sport up. Make the sport bigger. Make the sport better. And so, you know, Talk about Terrence Crawford and talk about what a great fight it would be with Errol Spence. Now then, as I thought about that, they, they, they largely ignored him on the broadcast. And in the post-fight, Jordan Hardy doesn't specifically mention uh, Crawford. Spence basically says, yeah, I'm going to go on my ranch. He won't mention any names. And that brought me back to uh, Las Vegas when Crawford fought Kell Brook. I'm in the locker room with him, and he was asked about calling out Errol Spence. And he said, no, that's y'all's job. That's not my job. I go. Wait a minute. So it's my job to make money for you. You know, I mean, and so we have been. And I said to him, "Hey, we've been calling for that fight. I've been calling it for more than a year." Um, And so it just, I I wrote, decided to write the column because I said, "Here we are with a fight. Maybe the one fight other than Fury and Joshua that would do huge business." And they're messing it up by saying they don't want to make it happen. Right. And so that prompted me at that point to say, I got to talk about some of these issues that lead to this kind of behavior.
1: Valid. Valid point. Um, they did, in fact, show Crawford, though. They, they, The first set of graphics didn't have Crawford on it. Then I don't know what happened, but then all of a sudden they're, they're showing him in the crowd. They're, they're now mentioning him in the graphics. So they did acknowledge Crawford more than they ever have. Uh, but... Yes, the, it, obviously. that the, the I think it's kind of like an isolated thing where where these two guys, neither of them are too concerned about promoting themselves. Neither guy has either guy has shown I'm the sixty forty, you're the you're the. It's just been a point where, yes, it, it is a problem in terms of of them not pushing for the fight or not acknowledging each other. But I did think that Fox did show Crawford or is or making the pitch. But who knows uh, whether uh, that. Will, will all happen. I do think that uh, Jordan Plant should have uh, asked a follow up uh, there or at least brought up the name uh, of, of Crawford. But there, let's go down the list a little bit of some of the other things. You put in here that, um, you know, you used the gauge of Muhammad Ali in 1978 with his 93 million people that tuned in to watch him for Sphinx. Is that really a, a, a fair gauge to use considering in 1978 there were about three to five networks that you had to choose from? There wasn't Netflix, there wasn't podcasts, there wasn't other forms of entertainment. Isn't that kind of like the the really, really highway or an unfair gauge for today's no, boxing? I, don't
0: think, he, I, I understand that, you know, we're in a different universe right now, but we also have a lot more people, right? I mean, we were in the low 200s in those days. Now we're over 300 million people. But I, I wasn't trying to compare, you know, hey, look, Muhammad Ali would would draw if he was in his prime fighting now, you know, a huge number now. But so I'm not. But the point I was making was where boxing was and where boxing is. And it's kind of taken, you know, it, it doesn't have the significance that it had. And, you know, when I grew up like so in the in the 70s, when Ali was fighting the NBA, which is huge now, their playoff games were on tape delayed at 1130 at night. You couldn't even watch an NBA playoff game alive. Uh, unless you're in a market, right? That team's market. Uh, but, it, you know, they were on tape delay at 1130 at night and boxing was in prime time. And so I was trying to make the point there that, hey, look, this is where boxing has gone. You know, we were at the mountaintop at one point, And now here we are where we're on. You know, we're putting our best fights on pay-per-view, the fights that people want to see are not uh, being readily made, promoters don't want to work with each other, et cetera, et cetera. So I was I was making a point to, hey, th- it's not always been like this, um, and I could have pulled anything out, but I was trying to make the argument that, hey, we're, we're in a situation here where the public needs to know about these fighters. And at one point they did. That's why 93 million people tuned in to see Ali. And we're never going to get that again, but we can certainly get a lot better ratings than, than we get now.
1: Outside of football, because of the gambling, aspect of fantasy football of it a lot of sports are going through pro- problems right now like you brought up the nba uh back to the problems that they had when they first started but not a lot of people actually watch an 82 game season look at the uh, major league baseball they're going through issues getting people to a younger crowd uh, to watch you know the nhl has been i know you're a big nhl fan but they are a niche sport just like boxing is course, so I, I don't think it's just boxing that is suffering from a dip in in viewership i think it's an all sports thing but for when a boxing guy writes about it like that, you know, I've seen, I almost expect these articles from like a Dylan Hernandez, that guy who writes for L.A. Times, who wrote the "3,000th and 800th uh, boxing is right. dead" story. But when you see it come from a guy who covers the sport, you know, it's almost like, come on, man! Like, what, what, well, I, where's I, it coming I, from?
0: It's important to note this. I'm not saying boxing is dead, and I mentioned in that article there's a lot of good things happening in boxing but here's the problem that we get each each year it it degrades right if you keep letting it degrade and you're talking about tv ratings as if tv ratings were the only thing but you know let's look at ufc right i wrote an article on this and you know espn retweeted it so they obviously know ufc ratings are up right ufc ratings are up for the large part you know their and their pay-per-view numbers are up they've done over a million on pay-per-view a couple times since the pandemic what about their last pay-per-view um i don't have a number on that one i'm sure that didn't do very good and i'm sure this
1: one's <laughs> that's not. the thing though i never see like i'm not singling you out but i never see you know it's almost like when they put on a pay-per-view a month almost and this last one i, oh, I looked oh, it oh, up I 255 it right, yeah. didn't understand uh how that was a pay-per-view didn't recognize any of the names i'm not the biggest ufc guy but the fact that like i never see that reporting and that that probably tanked well, they
0: don't, you know, so it used to be we could get, the, you know, some of the pay-per-view numbers for UFC. Since they went to ESPN— the pay-per-views are all, con- you know, uh, controlled by ESPN. So, so ESPN is the only one that knows what the information is, uh, and of course, you know, Dana White and people at UFC, but nobody else outside. Whereas when you're on, like, say, Spence Garcia, there's outside forces. Now it's getting harder and harder. You notice there hasn't been numbers put out on Spence Garcia uh, because what's happening when you get the digital realm? That's taken the satellite operators and the cable operators out of that, and that's one less group of people who know what the numbers are. Mm-hmm. So when and you, the fewer people that have the information, the harder it is to get out. Mm-hmm. So that's basically, since ESPN has come in in 2019 with UFC, that information, uh, source is really dried up and it's hard to get those numbers. So we don't, you know, I could make stuff up, you know, and I have a pretty good estimate of what it is, but like, I won't do that. I want to make sure that if I, if I say it did a number, it did that number. Um, and that, that's kind of where, you know, um, you know, uh, it's probably not a
1: satisfying explanation, but it's the truth. Yeah, don't make stuff up, because then you're you're no better than Rick Glazer on, on Facebook.
0: <laughs> no, no, that no, no, we're. <laughs> no,
1: but uh, going back to to UFC, I'm I'm glad you you brought it up. Uh, you know, i I read some things that you know that they're going through their cuts, you know, over 70 cuts, and you now you you also have read heard rumblings that a reason why a lot of these main events are falling out is because some of their COVID-19 regulations aren't up to snuff or, or they are, or it seems like they are a little lax with that. Is that something that you have heard or will you report on that?
0: Incorrect. So I've been in both bubbles on both sides. I've done in both. Um, What they have done is been, I think, uh, uh, remarkable with their COVID. So like, let's look at baseball or the, you know, um, the NFL, you know, now that you're seeing, so, COVID is so prevalent in our society now that you're going to get positive tests. But what you want to do is you want to avoid having it spread to everybody on the event, right? You want to make sure that the people who, you know, are at that event are not all getting it. So, like, on the football, uh, we had the Ravens just recently playing. And you know, I know because I'm a Steelers fan, the, you know, the Ravens had all, you know, what? They have 36 guys uh, active, so they had 18 or so people that, you know, had, had contracted COVID. It it just spread and spread like wildfire on their on their thing. What happens on UFC? If one person gets it, they yank them, and they have a, a scenario where they have a, a COVID hotel. they They have three separate hotels: one for the fighters and their teams, one for the media and the staff, and then a, a empty hotel that when somebody gets COVID, they get shoved into that hotel okay. until they're able to travel and able to leave. And so they've done a great job of that. They have not allowed that to spread where you have not seen one card canceled because they've had covid. Now of course, you know, people get and test positive and are out, and so that, you know, that affects a specific card and what you may consider or what a fan may consider the strength of a given card or not. But they're not losing, you know, 15 uh, people from one team like the Baltimore Ravens did. And they're not having to cancel cards or postpone cards because of how many uh, COVID tests they have. They, they've done a phenomenal job at it, not not a poor job.
1: Okay. All right. I'm just wondering why, you know, they're they, they, they are losing fights. They're, they're cutting they're, uh, cutting fighters. So hopefully... Well, I'll
0: you why they're cutting. They have um, they have a roster of over 600 players. Um, Fighters, mm-hmm. and normally um, they, you know, they they trim that, you know, by a couple every month. You know, guys lose two or three in a row. They they cut them and they and they right. bring somebody else in. When the pandemic started, uh, they they elim- they largely eliminated that. Mm-hmm. They've had they've had a cut here and there, but they largely eliminated cutting any fighters. So this is a process that. Had they just been doing their normals six eight ten you know ten like they normally had been doing, so they got a little bloated their their company got up you know we're over 600 some fighters they didn't need that many and they have they have by contract, they have to offer these fighters so many fights right, uh, right, right. a year so they they were at a position where they couldn't really do that so they started cutting the fighters that they felt like you know weren't fit.
1: You know, you wrote a second column the next day about the exhibitions and uh, the Tyson Jones promotion and now um, the Logan Paul versus uh, Floyd Mayweather super exhibition that we're getting uh, in February. And uh, you had, I know you also had tweeted that you thought that the Tyson Jones promotion was one of the worst you had ever seen. But then then in turn they got 1.5 million people to to buy the pay-per-view and I thought it was a tremendous success. But it made me go and look at some of the metrics and, and do a little research. And I think the reason why you didn't exactly, in your eyes, you didn't see a lot of ads because I don't think they were targeting your demographic. And I took a look even deeper. And my man, Jay Chargery, who does great work with the metrics, sent me some uh, information as well Is they went out and they hired 100 plus of the best YouTube influencers and did a grassroots, you know, uh, advertising that way, like where the market is going is towards of that, where you're getting these influencers speaking about the fight, talking about Tyson Jones, talking about Jake Paul. Organically and fitting it into their platforms with their subscribers, and I think that now is the future of what we can see happen in boxing. As boxing well, is driven by superstars, Ryan Garcia has mastered it. Uh, the, the Charlo brothers have a, a YouTube page that is in in partnership with with Showtime. We're seeing more and more of these young fighters, uh, you know, try to understand this. And that's. I also think this it's helped the YouTube, these YouTube guys coming in and seeing how they market. Well, how come Jake Paul well, is making this amount of money?
0: I- so let me respond to that. I think it's great. But let's go back to my initial comment. So um, t- let, let, they, they want media to cover the fight. Mm. I never heard. I applied. I had a PR person tell me, yeah, I'll you know, I'll call you tomorrow. Never call back. Um, I want to talk to Mike. want to talk to Roy. You know, never, never hear back. Uh, and a lot of people had this. Right. So obviously they're they 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 want us to cover it. But they're not interested in in working with us to facilitate facilitate it happening. I think it's great what they did. And I praise them after the after the fact. But I you have to take the facts as they stand at each given time. And when I when I tweeted what I tweeted, I stand by what I tweeted. I mean, hey, it could have been bigger. Like this and this and don't let's not get out there and think that this was some genius promotion by them. This was popularity of Mike Tyson and mike tyson was built a long time ago and the public was out there saying um, you know we want to see mike tyson and it, and it was a, it was a huge name and if mike tyson were in the mayweather era when we have so many homes tyson would be the all-time pay-per-view king you know he came before mayweather when there was less homes and so mayweather was able to surpass him but i think you know that and I, and I went when they put the Paul brothers on those zone cards. I wrote a column saying, "Hey, if this brings more people to boxing, I'm in. I'm into it. Let's get." But what have we found out? Are is are we making boxing fans out of these Jake Paul fans that are that are out there? They're you know, like from what I understand, they're 15, 16 year old girls, 12 year old <laughs> girls. There's not people that are going to then say, "Hey, guess what? There's a fight on Showbox." Yeah, I, I, agree. I agree. I
1: agree. I don't. That? I think there's two different things. Look, like my, what I said. Box- is that
0: really helping boxing? No, no, is it-, it isn't.
1: I think it's that's a separate discussion, like two different lanes. Like, no one is buying the, who is buying the Errol Spence pay-per-view is not buying the Logan Paul pay-per-view and vice versa. That's why I don't think it's good for boxing. I don't think it's bad for boxing. I think it's a totally different lane. If you want to watch a side sport or a spectacle, go ahead. If you want to watch real boxing, go ahead. I think you should be able to differentiate, differentiate the two. But going back to the to the promotion of of uh, with Tyson Jones, they said that you they maybe have promised you that they would, you know, you'd. Talk to Roy Jones were you more upset that you didn't get an interview and you thought that maybe it was a bad promotion or it maybe well, I Roy, so I got him on my own no no I just think it's a bad thing like in other words
0: and and it's I, I, and not just myself like a lot of you know if you saw all the major boxing writers were saying the same thing you know of course I was the one that had the courage to tweet it out first and everybody goes yeah me too me too me too um you know Dan Rayfield did Manu Kokopian did Greg Bishop did you know a ton of people mm-hmm. um but for you know, forgetting that it wasn't just that I didn't get an interview. It's like you're trying to get the information out there to the public that this event is going on. What are the rules? They we didn't know the rules. And even even two days before the fight, I'm getting texted. Oh, here this is what the rules are, and I'm like, no, I just talked to the California Athletic Commission. They're not it. And the guy said to me, well, that's because California is not in charge of the fight. I said. So then I called Andy Foster. I hear you're not in charge of the fight. Yes, I am in charge of the fight. Then they put a retraction out. So they so the public is expected to buy this. And the public doesn't even know what the hell the fight is going to be. Well, that it. is it. Right? So you're asking the people to pay 50 bucks and during a pandemic when not a lot of people have money. And what is it going to be? They should at least know what it is. If it's going to be a real fight, great. If it's going to be sparring, great. But tell the people the truth. And they weren't doing that. And so I called them on it. Yeah. And then I talked to the CEO, or not the CEO, the owner of uh, Triller on on Sunday. And he told me, he he thanked me for calling them on that stuff. And he said that it helped them. Hmm. And, you know, he, he blamed somebody else for all that <laughs> confusion. He didn't Shocking. take the blame. Yeah, And he, he passed it on to some other group. But he thanked me. So, you know, I don't, I feel comfortable with what I did because okay. as a professional I, who's had experience, I called them on a lot of craziness that they were doing. Um, and then when they did well, and the night of the fight, I tweeted out, hey, this is fun. I'm enjoying the show. They're doing a good show. And then I wrote that afterwards, you know. Right. So I didn't have pride to say, well, I had this opinion here. I take every opinion I make and I – take it to that situation at that given
1: time right and now yeah okay I, I i know what you're saying but i i think that my point was the point i was trying to make was that it, it's i think that these companies are are finding different ways to promote that aren't the standard ways like we're not going to see tyson we're not going to see fights on uh, taxis or billboards they're going to go with this influencer route and i think that the next generation of fighters yeah. uh you know the ryan garcias the tank davises who are wildly popular uh, and uh you know are going to go that route and 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 I think boxing is on, uh, on the uh, the upswing. I don't exactly think that it, it, it's, it's uh, in the greatest of health, but I also don't think it's as dire as uh, so, uh, some people uh, say uh, uh, that it is. Kevin, I wish we had more time. Uh, we're going to have to pick this up on the golf course, I guess, maybe one day. But I appreciate you, uh, you, know, you writing these stories because it makes people think and it makes people uh, have these discussions and they're always going to happen boxing is one of the most controversial sports it's a sport that everyone likes to discuss what did larry merchant say you can't kill it and you can't save it right i love it you know what
0: i love it and my whole thing was i just wanted to make i wanted to point out we need to see these fights we need to get these things done and so i wanted to make the point to put pressure on everybody in boxing to do the right thing and to think beyond your own short-term self-interest to the best of boxing and sometimes when you love your kids you discipline your kid and I have been in love with boxing since I was five years old. And I saw Sugar Ray Robinson fight in person. And I will love boxing until they put me six feet under and I'm gone. So I just want to I want it to be better. And I want other people to see what you and I see and how much we love it. And I think sometimes you have to you have to, you know, point out the problems to, to get the good stuff. And that was all, my whole thing.
1: Appreciate the time, Kevin. We'll catch you again next time. Be well, brother. Thank you. These are the rest of the fights for this weekend. I'm going to give it to you in bullet points. Shakur Stevenson going against Toka Khan. Clary, a main event on ESPN. Defensive Wizard Stevenson. He's held his opponents to three connects or fewer in 20 of his 71 career rounds. Over to Felix Verdejo versus Masayoshi Nakatani. Verdejo, don't be surprised to see him in there with Tiafimo this summer. Nakatani hasn't fought since that fight in 2019 against Tiafimo. A lot of ring rust there. Edgar Berlanga versus Ulysses Sierra. Now, nine of Edgar Berlanga's 15 first-round knockouts have come with in the first 90 seconds. Don't blink in this one. Clay the God Collard going up against Quincy Lavelas. This is a rematch to their 2019 draw. Clay is going for 6-0 in 2020. He's outlanded his five 2020 opponents better than 3-1. What a year for Clay the God. Chris Colbert over on Showtime fighting in a main event against Jaime Arboleda. Needs to be start mentioned as one of the best young fighters in boxing. You know, in the same breath as Tank and all those guys. He intrigues me. This show intrigued me. We'll see you next week. We'll break down the fights and we'll also look to, to canelo fight week he's fighting uh, smith over in texas we'll see you next week another edition of inside boxing live